0: All right, let's go read the Bible.
1: Yeah, let's get to it. Husband. Wife. Do you know what we're doing today?
0: We are starting a new book of the Bible.
1: We are. I'm so excited because it's the first of the ladder prophets, not like climb a ladder, but like former and ladder. Right. L-A-T-T-E-R. Yes. If you're going by the Hebrew Bible and if you're going by the Christian Old Testament, then it's the first of the major prophets
0: okay all right
1: it's the book of isaiah
0: got it all right um
1: he's either late or really big
0: got it okay so are you uh are you ready to do this i am so i guess let's get into this new book
1: okie (laughs) dokie Okay, so we're getting into a new book, yep. starting Isaiah, and before we start reading it, I want to talk a little bit about the book itself. Okay. And then also, I want to make a note that we're changing up our format, kind of, but not really.
0: Right, because we've been doing it this way for a while now, Right, but we didn't used to, and we decided after we, like, we started this one that we might keep doing things the way we've been doing them.
1: Because we like the the way it works better this way which is that instead of holding off for a Q&A at the end of each week, I put a little bit more effort into researching each chapter as we read them. Right, right. So we have fewer questions and we understand what we're reading a little bit better. And if we do still have a question, we reserve the right to do a Q&A Saturday or as I like to say, Q&A, Saturday. So I don't think those are totally going away forever.
0: But maybe less common.
1: Yeah. Less so, frequent. Right. Yeah. So let's get into this book. What the fuck is an Isaiah?
0: Right. What okay? is an Isaiah?
1: What is an Isaiah? So this book contains the prophecies of Isaiah. He ministered from about 740 to 680 BC.
0: Okay. Okay. So
1: mm-hmm. very long ago. Yeah. Yeah. For about twenty years, he spoke to both the northern kingdom of Israel and the southern kingdom of Judah. And then, after Israel's fall to the Assyrians in seven twenty two, Isaiah continued to prophecy just to Judah.
0: Okay. Okay. All right.
1: You remember when those two nations split, and like yeah. we didn't get that at first, right. and we we're like, "What is happening?" Yeah. Yeah. So
0: he was he was with both of them. Yeah. He was, he was kind of going back and forth. Yeah.
1: So that's the time period that we're looking at. Okay. So back sure. into like. Second Kings and Second Chronicles. Okay. Okay. Right. That yeah. time period. Now, I have to make a religious note here. <laughs> it's very important. Okay. okay? Yeah. So I'm going to talk in my pastoral voice. I'm oh. I'm a pastor now. Oh. Okay? okay. All right. The book of Isaiah is filled with many wonderful prophecies of the Messiah, telling us about the person and work of Jesus Christ some 700 years before Jesus was born in Bethlehem. For this reason, sometimes Isaiah is called the fifth gospel. Mm. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So now I did see it more than once. This is sometimes referred to as the fifth gospel. Got it. But that's why. Because he prophecies Jesus. I
0: see. Okay. Hypothetically. Hypothetically. right. Right.
1: So anyway, let's get back to this book though. Yeah. Okay. It's widely accepted that the prophet Isaiah did not write the entire book of Isaiah. OK. The, due to events mentioned after Isaiah lived, as well as the sudden disappearance of Isaiah's name after chapter 39 oh, wow. and a sudden change in style and theology after chapter 40.
0: I see. OK. okay. So there's
1: lots of reasons to believe that at least two people wrote this fucking book. Right. Now, Christians are like, no way, Jose. He wrote the whole goddamn thing. Because
0: okay. he prophesied his because things he prophesied after he died? Because he prophesied Jesus. Oh, okay, yes. Okay. And
1: because in the New Testament, they reference Isaiah a lot. Yeah. And so that to them is proof. I it's see. just common sense okay. to them. Right. Okay? So there's no argument. <laughs> Isaiah wrote it. Duh. Okay. Okay? Yeah. So that I just thought was a little bit of background there. Yeah. Kind of important to know going in what we're dealing with here. Okay. Okay? Yep. There is evidence that much of it was composed during the Babylonian captivity and later. Okay. Okay. Yep. So often the way is split up into three different sections. Chapters one through thirty-nine are referred to as Proto Isaiah.
0: Wait, did you say chapters one through thirty-nine? Yes. Holy shit! This is a big book.
1: This is a big book. There's sixty-six. Uh, verses, Climbing. I mean chapters. What the hell? I know. So we're gonna be in Isaiah for a while. Yeah. Okay. Which is interesting because we've been doing these little sw- short. Right. Things.
0: Yeah. I'm used to like these like less than a month long, like less than books. a week. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. No, we're gonna be here for a minute. Okay. Okay. So yeah, chapters one through thirty nine are Proto Isaiah. Okay. Okay. They contain the words of the prophet Isaiah himself. I mean,
0: sure. Whatever. Right. If
1: he or his buddies. Yeah. Okay. Chapters 40 through 55 are referred to as Deutero-Isaiah. Okay. And those are the work of an anonymous author writing during the exile. Got it. Okay. Okay. And then the last chapters, 56 through 66, are called Trito-Isaiah. And those were composed after the return from the exile.
0: Okay. Okay. Yep. So that's... At least according to not Christians.
1: Right. (laughs) Scholars view it that way. Right. Easier way to organize the chapters, which a lot of Christians and apologists do it this way. They just cut it in half. 1 through 33, it warns of judgment and promises restoration for Judah, Jerusalem, and the nations. Okay.
0: Okay? So Mm -hmm. that's the first half. Sure.
1: Second half, 33 through 66. Presume that judgment has been announced and restoration follows soon. Mm,
0: Okay. okay.
1: So just depends how you split it up as to how you want to organize it in your brain. I see. Okay. I say one, not both. Right. Because that's the way we're kind of reading it. We don't know one from the other, which one is better than the other. Sure. So the notes that I took reflect both.
0: Okay. Okay. All right. Yep.
1: Now the book can be read as an extended meditation on the destiny of Jerusalem into and after the exile. Okay,
0: okay. All right. so
1: that's kind of what we're looking at: them going into the exile, the exile, and then coming out. Okay. Okay. Yep. The Isaiah part of the book—that's the middle part, chapters forty through fifty-five—yeah—describes how God will make Jerusalem the center of His worldwide rule through a royal savior, a Messiah who will destroy the oppressor, Babylon. Uh, Okay. Okay. All right. Now, the Messiah that they're talking about is not Jesus. Okay? The Messiah that they're talking about here is the Persian king Cyrus. Do you remember Cyrus? Yeah, I do. He was Cyrus the Great, and he is merely the agent who brings about Yahweh's kingship. I see. But remember, he had great empathy for the The plight of the oppressed people. And helped set them free and helped get them out of exile right right and and but Christians them, take this
0: differently I'm assuming that right 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 okay yeah
1: um, you say the word Messiah you know exactly what Christians think <laughs> like it doesn't matter what the rest of the sentence is right right but I mean clearly he allowed them to rule within his lands as their own nation Cyrus did yeah. as he did with all of the people in his kingdom right and he allowed each of them to do their own thing sure Isaiah speaks out against corrupt leaders and for the disadvantaged and he roots righteousness in god's holiness rather than in israel's covenant so he is talking more about god god's law god's rule not as much like israel being god's people and okay. how they're behaving you Got know what it. i mean yeah. he he is taking more
0: god-centric less israel-centric
1: yes Yes, okay. so he, he's very much, I don't care what the laws say, I don't care how y'all are practicing, I'm telling you God's word. Right. And he's going back old school, you know, he's pulling out the the books.
0: Brimstone and fire. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I've got a side note here, okay? hmm And I'm sorry if I'm, like, talking this up too much, I just want to make sure, like, we know what we're getting into, because we haven't done this kind of chapter or this kind of book in a while. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. So the composition history of Isaiah reflects a major difference in the way authorship was regarded in ancient Israel and in modern society, in that the ancients did not regard it as inappropriate to supplement an existing work while remaining anonymous. So you know how he wrote the first bit and then somebody else came along and added more, but it's still in his name. That was not considered bad. Right. Yeah, that okay. was, they were basically like, we're adding to Isaiah's work. So it's still Isaiah. Sure. And they just thought that that was perfectly fine. The authors, the future author, authors that came after Isaiah all remain anonymous, but it's, it's plausible that most of them were priests and the book may thus reflect priestly concerns. And that's where, remember when we were talking early on about the. The different, like the the P Bible yeah. and the yeah, 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 like all the different types of who wrote what. Right. These guys would have been in opposition to the increasingly successful reform movement of the Deuteronomists. Got it. So we've got the Deuteronomists and we've got the the P, the priests.
0: You yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Those
1: were all at odds with each other. Okay. And this is part of that. Okay. Okay. All right. All right, I'm almost done with my notes, and then we can start reading the fucking chapter. Okay. Okay. Yep. This period of Israel's history is told in 2 Kings, chapter 15 through 21, and 2 Chronicles, chapter 26 through 33. Okay. Okay, so that's the time period that we're covering here with Isaiah. Got it. Just to put it in frame with what we've read before. Okay. Okay. Yep. Isaiah was a contemporary of the prophets Hosea and Micah. Okay. I don't know if you recall them. They were minor characters that were brought up that we kind of, I, I think I mentioned at the time we're going to be reading more about them eventually. Okay. And we will because they are some of the prophets who have books named after them. Got it. By the time of Isaiah, the prophets Elijah, Eli, I'm sorry, Elijah, Elisha, Obadiah, Joel, Jonah, and Amos had already completed their ministries. Okay. Okay. Yep. So he came a little bit later, but still during all that mess. Right. Okay. By this time, Israel had been in the promised land for almost 700 years. Wow. Right. Mm -hmm. Their first 400 years in Canaan, judges ruled Israel. Then, for about 120 years, three kings ruled over all of Israel Saul, David, and Solomon. Right. Right. And then in 917 BC, Israel had that civil war and remained divided into two nations, Israel to the north and Judah to the south, up until the time of Isaiah. That's where we start.
0: Got it. Okay? Yep.
1: So, sorry for that lengthy intro. Just wanted to put it all in context for us. Okay. Okay? And then I'll have some notes afterward about the chapter itself. Got it. Fun! Yay! All right, ready? Yep. Isaiah chapter one. A sinful nation. (laughs) The vision concerning Judah and Jerusalem that Isaiah, son of Amoz, saw during the reigns of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, Hezekiah, kings of Judah.
0: Oh, God. We're back to a lot of names.
1: Mm-hmm, i mm-hmm. not used to
0: this. I've got to reset my brain here.
1: I know. That's why I was trying to give so many notes in the intro to like say, don't forget what we used to endure. Yeah. We're back to that.
0: Okay. Okay. Yep.
1: And. We like, we got away from that for so long. It was a nice oh, respite.
0: My brain's hurting already.
1: I know. So this is a vision concerning Judah and Jerusalem and Isaiah, son of Amos, saw during the reign of all these other guys.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah.
1: Those kings of Judah. Yep. Okay. Hear me, you heavens. Listen, earth, for the Lord has spoken. I reared children and brought them up, but they have rebelled against me. The ox knows its master. The donkey, its owner's manger. But Israel does not know. My people do not understand. Woe to the sinful nation, a people whose guilt is great. A brood of evildoers, children given to corruption.
0: God is always hating on his people.
1: No, this is Isaiah. This is Isaiah. right god through I but think, yeah I guess. right he's but, still yeah, a prophet, he's like, so y'all suck and i hate you right
0: right they they spend a lot of time cutting down the people of israel mm-hmm. like have you noticed i mean like in, in a really lot of the books do. they're like you guys suck
1: i mean yeah that's it's kind of what crazy. it's about yeah like why bother right is my opinion <laughs> they have forsaken the lord they have spurned the holy one of israel and turned their backs on him why should you be beaten anymore? Why do you persist in rebellion?
0: I'm good with never being beaten. Ever. I'm just saying. I would like to Throwing never that be out beaten. there.
1: Yeah. yeah. Your whole head is injured, your whole heart afflicted. From the sole of your foot to the top of your head, there is no soundness, only wounds and welts and open sores, not cleansed or bandaged or soothed with olive oil. Mm. So he's saying, you know... Everything about you, like you look pretty on the inside, on the outside maybe, but your soul is, is like, it's rotten. Right. You are festering with grossness. Right. Got it. Even, even though you might be dressed nice. Yeah. So, ew.
0: Not enough fear of that God guy.
1: Yeah. 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 Get right with God, guys. Mm-hmm. Your country is desolate. Your city's burned with fire. Your fields are being stripped by foreigners right before you. Laid waste as when overthrown by strangers. This sounds
0: like the rhetoric of today in politics. I
1: was thinking that, right? Yeah. Like, it feels like the Republicans read this chapter (laughs) and were like, this. Yeah. This right here.
0: Yeah, it worked thousands of years ago. Let's try it again. Right? Yeah.
1: Daughter Zion is left like a shelter in a vineyard, like a hut in a cucumber field, like a city under siege. Unless the Lord Almighty had left us some survivors, we would have become like Sodom. We would have been like Gomorrah.
0: Mm, yeah. Okay. That, would, that would suck.
1: That, that sounds yucky, right? Yeah, yeah right. he's saying, watch it, guys. Yeah. You know what happened to them. Right. Hear the word of the Lord, you rulers of Sodom. Listen to the instruction of our God, you people of Gomorrah. So he's saying y'all are <laughs> You're just. basically
0: just the same. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And he's like, you guys need to get right because you saw what happened. Duh. Right. The multitude of your sacrifices. What are they to me? Says the Lord. I have more than enough. This is the Lord talking. This Isaiah is Isaiah saying, saying that the Lord right. is saying these words. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I have more than enough of burnt offerings, of rams and the fat of fattened animals. I have no pleasure in the blood of bulls and lambs and goats. When you come to appear before me, who has asked this of you, this trampling of my courts? Stop bringing meaningless offerings. Your incense is detestable to me. New moons, sabbaths, and convocations, I cannot bear your worthless assemblies. Hmm. your new moon feasts and your appointed festivals i hate with all my being they have become a burden to me i am weary of bearing them so, so wait wait
0: wait wait. he put these fucking things in place mm-hmm. god did right yeah apparently
1: mm-hmm.
0: and and he found these things pleasing like the the burnt offerings and all this shit yes and, and then and also the festivals were to celebrate god and all this other stuff yes right Mm-hmm. And, and now he grows weary of them, uh, hypothetically, because his people are awful shitheads or something, well, because, right?
1: Well, because there's an answer for that. Okay. Because the sacrifices that they do are, it's like your person that goes to church on Sunday, but then sins the rest of the week. Right, right. No, I and get so it. So he's like, your, your celebration of me is lying. You're lying. Your, your gestures are empty and I I don't believe you. So you keep giving me incense and you're like, good, I'm good with God now. And I'm like, no, you're actually fucking not.
0: So but wouldn't you think that a God that could foresee anything, right, could could see how everything is made and how everything's going to happen and all this other shit, right? Omnipresent, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, or omniscient and and all this shit, right? Mm -hmm. Why wouldn't he understand that these rituals that he wanted put in place would become bastardized rituals? like to the point where they were meaningless. Why why does it why do the rituals ever matter if it's not about the ritual but about the love for God, right? It shouldn't matter that you're burning flesh of an animal or or whatever. It should only matter your fear and love of God apparently, according to this. Right. The other shit doesn't really matter all that much.
1: Well, it's the whole works versus belief thing. I don't know if you've heard that argument okay if you have faith in god you will want to do the works part of which is all of these rituals because you will be excited to praise and to worship and to supplicate yourself that's part of the which came first the chicken or the egg right okay and so if you're just going through the motions you're only doing half of it yeah the argument goes can there be faith without works and Nice people would say, well, yeah, because just because you don't do the works doesn't mean you don't have faith. Right? right. Right. And we know many people who fit that, who say they have faith and we believe them, but they don't do the works. So right. hardcore Christians would be like, no, they're, you
0: if, must do both.
1: You must do both because if you truly have the faith, they say you will want to do the works, Right. which is checking all the boxes and very excitedly. You know, spending all of your hours thinking only of God. Sure. So I don't know if you've ever heard that argument before. Um, I
0: I've heard similar I, I know of that argument. I don't you know, you I know about that. Like I, I get what you're saying. Got it. So
1: well that's basically what this is about. He's saying you're giving me the works without the faith, and right. therefore they're empty and they're meaningless and why are you even fucking bothering? Right. Like you're you're acting like the people of Sodom and Gomorrah but then showing up on Sunday and giving me your
0: sacrifice and whatever.
1: Yeah, right. giving me your incense this is yeah. bullshit. Okay. Basically God God via Isaiah is calling the people on their bullshit and saying, "Okay, you're a liar and I see it. I see right through you." Right. Please understand for anybody new, I am not saying this as though I believe this. I am saying this how it would be explained.
0: <laughs> right, right. I
1: don't really believe that God told Isaiah this.
0: Right. I still but I still have to point out that these these offerings were meant to absolve sin or absolve guilt or absolve these different things, right? Mm-hmm. So these were rituals that were set up to do exactly how people started using them for. Like, hey, mm-hmm. I sinned this week. I'm going to go fucking, you know, slaughter a goddamn lamb and be good, right? How can you blame people for just doing what they're told to do?
1: The problem is that we have a God that is based on, he he was created by simple people and therefore the God is as simple as the people. Right. So, ultimately it's all
0: meaningless. It's all bullshit. But I'm just pointing it out that if you create something that's supposed to do this thing and then somebody does it, if it's true, if it's real, then it does that thing, right? Mm -hmm. If it's not, then you just made it up and it's fucking bullshit. So it's fucking bullshit. Right. That's all. That's all I'm saying.
1: I I see what you're saying, but I don't necessarily think that that's the whole story or the whole. Picture. I
0: I get what you're. I get where you're coming from. I understand that there's supposed to be meaning and action. I understand that, but it just there shouldn't. I don't know. I okay, I, I feel me, I feel like it's just a, a weird. Let me thing. give you
1: a different example that's outside of religion. Okay. Okay. And maybe this will shed some light on it sure so okay when i was in the military we were taught how to exactly shine our boots and have creases in our uniforms and have our medals lined up exactly and have everything in place right yeah and if you didn't have everything just so you got in trouble and so the question was always why the fuck this is such bullshit but The problem is that they forgot to teach us that the reason that you do these things is that having them to perfection shows that you have pride in yourself, your unit, your country, your cause, everything. Yeah. And that together with us all showing that perfect, shiny perfection, we are united perfectly. Right. And so...
0: They got lost in the action and didn't yes why. Yes. The why was lost. Yes. Right.
1: And so once you understand why you are going through these motions, you do take pride in shining your uniform or shining your boot and creasing your uniform and lining everything up. If you're that kind of soldier. I never was. That's why I didn't stay in. <laughs> but I get it. Right. Like if you truly enjoy being a soldier then you will get why those little teeny tiny things matter so much and they will matter to you. Yeah. That's not even bringing religion in. Sure. So when you bring religion into it, he's saying, yes, do all these actions, but... And he forgot to tell them just like the military forgot to tell all the soldiers. Right. You have to have the feeling of pride or, you know, supplication, whatever it is. You have to have the feeling go with it.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: So does that make a little better sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No,
0: I got it. I just, I don't like the rituals that they had to begin with. Mm-hmm. So I guess I'm just looking for a reason to rail against them. No, well, that's you know? fair. So. And
1: rituals are only as good as the meaning behind them. And if you're not teaching the fucking meaning, then the ritual is pointless. Right. And so God didn't teach the meaning, so the rituals became pointless.
0: Sure, sure. And
1: we see that now, and he's like, hey, your rituals are pointless. And the <laughs> people are like, yes, and <laughs> <laughs> we're going to keep on doing these pointless things. Right. All right. So to continue with Isaiah speaking for God. Right. Right. When you spread out your hands in prayer, I hide my eyes from you. Even when you offer many prayers, I am not listening. Your hands are full of blood. Mm. Oh, now, I read something that I forgot to take a note on that I'm going to interrupt myself right there. Okay. So, way back when, people used to pray differently than the way we pray now. Like, when we pray now, we put our hands together and we bow our heads. Right. And so, it's like we're looking down into our hearts or whatever. Yeah. People used to pray with their hands outspread and their eyes up to the sky. Right. Like, as though they are, you know...
0: That makes a lot more sense to me. Me too. Me too. But... It, it, with regard to God and and you but know, but with the, the
1: coming religion. of Jesus, Jesus is in our heart, and that's why we all oh, look inside. Okay. Eh, yeah, whatever. yeah. Whatever. Whatever. Fucking whatever. Yeah, but they would look up, and so when he's saying, "You spread out your hands in prayer," I hide my eyes from you. He's like, "You're looking up here, and I'm turning my back. I'm not looking at you. I don't right. see you." Okay. And when he's like, "You're offering your prayers," I'm not listening. Your hands that are outstretched to me—they're full of blood. Got it. So he's like, "No, no, yeah, I'm not having I it. I reject it." Hmm. Which I find that a very powerful statement, quite honestly. Yeah. Wash and make yourselves clean, God says. Take your evil deeds out of my sight. Stop doing wrong. I mean, that pretty much he could have summed everything up with. Stop doing wrong. Learn to do right. Seek justice. Defend the oppressed. Take up the cause of the fatherless. Plead the case of the widow. So he's like hearkening way back into like Exodus and And Leviticus. Those are
0: are good messages, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, for the most part, to to
1: these people, for these people, yeah. He's like, remember all those laws from like way back in Moses's day. Yeah. Y'all, y'all need to get right with Moses. Pretty
0: far from that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Come now, let us settle the matter, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. If you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good things of the land. But if you resist and rebel, you will be devoured by the sword. Mm. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken.
0: Got it. Yeah. So
1: that's the end of God talking, but we've got a little bit more of this chapter.
0: Okay. Okay? All right. Yep.
1: See how the faithful city has become a prostitute. (laughs) She once was full of justice, righteousness, used to dwell in her, but now murderers. So the Faithful City, they're like describing her as like a bride. Right. And now she cheated on God. She's a prostitute because she... She has murderers
0: and and thieves and shit. Yeah, she's not right
1: with God anymore. Got it. Your silver has become dross. Your choice wine is diluted with water. Your rulers are rebels, partners with thieves. They all love bribes and chase after gifts. Boo! Boo! (laughs) They do not defend the cause of the fatherless. The widow's case does not come before them. Therefore, the Lord, the Lord Almighty, the Mighty One of Israel, declares... uh Aha, now we get God talking again. Okay. Okay, all right. Ah, I will vent my wrath on my foes and avenge myself on my enemies. I will turn my hand against you. I will thoroughly purge away your dross and remove all your impurities. I will restore your leaders as in days of old, your rulers as at the beginning. Mm. Afterward, you will be called the city of righteousness, the faithful city. I see. Okay, so now we're back to Duda okay, talking. Yeah. Okay, Zion will be delivered with justice, her penitent ones with righteousness, But rebels and sinners will be broken, and those who forsake the Lord will perish. You will be ashamed. Oh, here's God again, okay? Okay. You will be ashamed because of the sacred oaks in which you have delighted. You will be disgraced because of the gardens that you have chosen. You will be like an oak with fading leaves, like a garden without water. Mm. The mighty man will become tender and his work a spark. Both will burn together with no one to quench the fire.
0: Wow. Wow. Right? Yeah, this is a lot of... Uh, fire you know, and brimstone. Well, I mean, you know, it's always like the, the OT God is always... Mm. You got to fear him. You got to yeah. fear him hard, fear. right? That's how you, you love him. Right. You fear him. Yeah. And, and I feel like a lot of the prophets and the the people that spoke for God, quote unquote, mm-hmm. are... they They propagate that fear a lot mm-hmm. to... Because and and it still works even today. If you if you push fear, if you're a fear monger, you're gonna get a lot of people to follow you because well, yeah. fear sells. Yeah. It really does.
1: Fear gets the clicks, man. Yeah,
0: yeah, totally. I mean,
1: who wants to hear about love? <laughs> the Christians today say Jesus is too soft. So, right. I mean, no, it's
0: true. It's true.
1: But I I don't even know what else to say about that. Right. All right. So let's give some notes on this chapter that we just read. Okay. Okay. This chapter provides an introduction to the issues of sin, judgment, and hoped-for restoration, which form the overarching structure of the whole book. Okay. Okay. Yep. So, verse 1 was the superscription, the subtitle, the vision of Isaiah. I don't know if you recall, it was the vision concerning Judah and Jerusalem that Isaiah, son of blah, 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 who ruled during these times, right? Right, right. That was verse 1. Yeah. So, that's... Not really considered part of it. It's considered a superscription.
0: Got it. Okay. Okay.
1: So versus the actual chapter itself starts at verse two. Okay. Okay. So verses two through 20 talk about the wickedness of Judah. Yeah. Okay. And there's the great accusation. Isaiah calls the people of Judah a thoughtless people. And, oh, this was interesting. Verse three. That was the one with the ox and the lamb or no, the ox and the donkey. Yeah, the the ox and the mule, right? I thought it was a donkey, but whatever. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Well, that verse plays a really important part in Christian Christmas tradition, okay? Because they're treated as pointed forward to the time of Christ, okay? Because those animals are specifically mentioned in the manger.
0: Oh, Christ! Okay. Manger. I see. So
1: I don't know if you were listening at that time, but they did mention a manger and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. So they're they like, did. see, Isaiah was totally telling well, that's the future.
0: A big stretch, if you ask me. No, he was yeah, telling no, the future. No, that was a stretch. No, a he stretch. said a manger. I don't care. It's still a stretch.
1: Whatever. <laughs> I don't. I don't care. You're that's going just my to hell. take
0: here. Yeah. Well, I mean, probably if there is a if there is one, you know. But I, I'm fine with that. I am too. You honestly. know, if there is a hell. I mean, whatever.
1: Right. If there is a hell, I deserve it for a lot more than just my <laughs> lack of belief in this crazy God. I suppose. All right. So further, we talk about the devastation of Judah. And Isaiah uses images of the sick individual and the desolate nation to per portray the sinfulness of the nation. Right. So that's when he was talking about blisters and... Yeah, the souls. Wounds. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Now, when he referred to the daughter of Zion, yeah, that was the city of Jerusalem.
0: I kind of figured that.
1: Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Yep. And it remained an isolated stronghold when Sennacherib, king of Assyria, attacked the fortified cities of Judah in 701 BC. Okay. Okay. Yep. Then, let's see, we've got... Pious corruption and its cleansing. Verses 10 through 20 are considered the most powerful and sustained prophetic outbursts. Okay. Because he's like, (laughs) You could see him just like renting his clothes and, you know, pulling out his hair. Right, right. He's so mad. Yep. He big mad. Yeah. And then verses 21 through 31 are God's lament and resolve. The theme of this part is the vanished glory. As in a funeral dirge, lamenting the moral loss or justice, and so they're like sure. sad, okay, that's so sad. Why are you so sad, bro? <laughs> I had a note that I cannot find, and it looks like I might have accidentally deleted it. Oh, that's, that's yeah, no good. I know. Yeah, Isaiah. Yeah, and where it says that he's the son of Amos. Uh huh. We're not supposed to confuse that with ahaz or amos or any of those other guys got it okay and then Amos is supposed to be the brother of some king so that isaiah is like royalty okay and that's why he gets to be an important prophet even more special than we already think he is i see i see because royalty is better than not royalty. obviously obviously yeah if you're
0: born into it then you're better Mm -hmm. so it makes Mm -hmm. so much sense
1: i know yeah so there's
0: that. Okay. All right.
1: So,
0: is that, uh, that everything you got on uh, the first chapter of Isaiah then?
1: That is everything I got on the first chapter of Isaiah then.
0: All right. Well, we've started the new chapter, everybody, and looking forward to lots more of this, apparently.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: All right. We'll see you guys next time. With chapter uh, with, two. Yeah, that's the one, chapter mm-hmm. two.
1: Chapter two. All
0: right. We'll see you guys. Bye.